0: Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about how to make the most of your Disney vacation even when you're staying off-site. Find all episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you leave us a positive review. Special shout-out to bryborg 73 and DannyBell13 for leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much. Connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter, or on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. And if you'd like to support the show regularly or with a one-time donation, check us out at patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As Joe Flies.
1: And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes.
0: Welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So today we are going to be sharing some of our tips for how to make the most of staying off-site when you are visiting Disney World. And so we talked about an a previous episode, just the benefits of staying offsite, but we also want to give some practical ways that you can improve your vacation overall if you are staying offsite. So, ready to get into it, Leslie? Let's dive in. Okay, so I will start with my tip. You know, I know you don't love doing this, Leslie, but I really like renting a car when I'm staying offsite, just because, um, like we said in that last episode, you get the chance to get out of the Disney bubble, and then if you have a car, you know, you can use that to either go eat places where you can save money or go to universal if you dare go to other parks and you know there's obviously Legoland as well and so to me renting a car gives you flexibility that is more important to me when you're off-site um, just because you know you cannot use disney transportation for everything there a lot of the offsite hotels do have shuttles but you know i think renting the car is the way to go for me when i'm off-site
1: The reason I don't rent a car very often is because I don't stay off-site very often. But I I actually do agree with, with you, Joe, there. Because even though a lot of hotels do advertise that they have shuttles... The schedule is often not very good. Like some of them don't actually get you there in time to like make a rope drop in a reasonable amount of time. Or they only run once every hour. Or they only go to the transportation and ticket center. And then you still got to get over to the Magic Kingdom. So, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely a fan of letting, you know, being the master of your own domain. And, and being able to to get where you want to go when you need to, you know, when you need to leave, when a kid mel- melts down. So, I think a car is pretty much a, a must when you're staying off site, unless your kids are of, maybe of the age where you could Uber or Lyft consistently. But you know, with little kids, that's not so ideal.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, so what's your first tip for us if you're staying off site? What's something that you can think people can do to help uh, enhance their vacation?
1: Yeah, I think it's important to plan a day off from Disney, off from, or at least off from the parks, because. You know, I think a lot of people who are staying off site, we mentioned this in the earlier episode about off site hotels, they're staying off site to save money. And, you know, shaving a day off of your park ticket is helpful for that purpose as well. And there's so much else to do in the Orlando area that maybe won't cost as much as a Disney day. You can, you know. Go stroll Disney Springs or, you know, like you said, go visit some other attraction in the Orlando area or just have a morning to sleep in and use the hotel pool. Because a lot of these offsite hotels really do have pretty exciting pools for young kids. I mean, sometimes it's just as simple as like a little splash pad or a water slide. But that's what your kids want to do for three hours. So do it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd say that like even something like the Wyndham Lake Buena Vista, which is by no means a four seasons when it comes to the rooms, you know, the rooms are just kind of like value level rooms. It's sort of like, it's kind of like the all-stars really. Um, But that pool is like really amazing. They have a really great splash pad. And to me, it's better than the all-star pools. So that's a great point. Leslie, if you take a day off, you can take advantage of those things.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And there's, we'll put a picture in the, in the uh, blog post that accompanies this episode, but that pool's awesome. (laughs) When I saw it, I was like, my kids definitely will want to come and spend some time, time here. And they even have like some kids club kind of programming, not like a drop-off kids club, but they have somebody who's like a fun director there who does activities like with them, art, art by the pool. So a lot of these places have really surprising offerings. I mean, they know that families are coming and want to do family activities and they plan accordingly or like they have an arcade or something like that in the lobby. So yeah, check out, check out those options that your even your very inexpensive resorts will have.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then one last thing on renting a car, um, you know, we, I personally like to use a site called auto slash.com. I think a lot of people have heard of it by now, but it's a website where you can start by searching for your rental car there, but you can also just give them your reservation um, if you're there and they will often email you cheaper prices, especially in a place like Orlando, where the rental car market is super competitive. Um, and they'll email you cheaper prices, and they'll help you rebook to a cheaper price um, that has almost without fail gotten me cheaper prices. And they'll tell you whether it's like on site at the airport or not. So that's a great way to save money on rental cars.
1: Yeah, I use auto slash every time I book a rental car anywhere, but especially in Orlando, there's a lot of value. Okay, Joe, so what's your next tip for offsite hotel stays?
0: Okay, so this tip is kind of more and more important, I guess, the more people that you have coming with you on a trip. But if you have a large group, and if you're staying in Disney World for four or five days, you should consider getting an annual pass for at least one person in your group. If you are renting a car and you have to pay for parking, it's $22 a day to pay for parking at the Disney parks. It's good for the whole day. And so like, you know, if you end up, um going to a different park that day, you know, that's still twenty-two dollars. But you know, you can save a lot of money there. Like let's say you go five days, that's $110 right there. It also comes with memory maker. So if you have a large group, you know you can all share your pictures. Um, you know, the annual pass doesn't come with memory maker. It's just all annual pass holders get their pictures for free. Um and so, you know, we've talked in the past about how you can get the pictures of your friends and family if you have a memory maker and it's the same concept if you have an annual pass. And so, you know, just overall, oftentimes, if you do the math, getting an annual pass can make financial sense because if one person gets the annual pass, they get all these things um, bundled in with that annual pass, but the whole family or your whole group can use it. So that's something you consider doing. Long ago, I like wrote a simple form that you could fill out to help you calculate where the annual pass makes sense for you or not. I'll link to it in the show notes here. It is a little different now since there's the variable pricing for the hotel tickets, depending on the date. But the general concept remains that you get a lot out of an annual pass. And especially if you kind of split that cost amongst your guests.
1: I can tell that you're still constantly doing the math, Joe, to try to justify an annual pass to your wife.
0: Yeah. I mean, to me, if the annual pass loses me less than $100, that's a good deal because I can say I have an annual pass, but I guess that's stupid
1: overall. Bragging rights, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. What's your next? Uh... Oh, and you get, and you can also get some discount on merchandise, and also you can get discounts on hotels, on-site hotels with an annual pass. But you know, if you end up going back, um, you know, maybe that on-site discount makes sense for you to stay on-site the next time you go.
1: Yes. So for those of you who are not buying your souvenirs on-site with your annual pass discount, the other tip that we have for off-site hotel folks is to buy souvenirs actually off-site as well. Everything, once you get in the Disney bubble, is marked up, and there are some great ways to buy those souvenirs that are not necessarily at Disney prices. In fact, some of these hotels, these offsite hotels, actually have gift shops in them that have reasonably priced souvenirs. But there's also a place called, it's called the Disney Character Warehouse that I have not been to, Joe, but I know our good friend, Dia, the Deal Mommy has been and goes often and is a huge proponent of it. Um, We'll leave a blog post in the show notes that she's written about that. But that is a place to go get like a ton of merchandise, super cheap, lots of unique options. And uh, yeah, you're going to have to leave the Disney bubble to do it.
0: Yeah, I think it's not only souvenirs that you can save money on, but, you know, you can save money on stuff like hats, towels for the pool. I don't know why, but we've bought towels in the past, uh, sunscreen, you know, just all the kind of things that you need. If you're stuck in the Disney bubble, they're all going to be marked up, you know, a certain amount. Um, But, you know, when you're off site, you can save a lot of money doing that. So the souvenirs are nice, but then the practical stuff is nice, too.
1: Very true. All right. Well, give us another tip here, Joe.
0: We talked about this a little bit on our benefits of staying off site, uh, but, you know, one of our tips is to eat off-site a few times um you know you can save just a ton of money by eating off-site um, and generally you can get better food for you know the same amount of money and so to me this can take the form take a lot of different forms you know even if you're just sitting at your hotel and you use uber eats or something you're probably going to end up saving money from you know eating in the parks but of course if you've rented a car you can go out uh, you can get snack food at Publix, you know, you can also, you know, there's a lot of great places to eat, all types, you know, from fast food to, you know, more pricey meal options. But the one thing is overall, they're all going to be cheaper than eating inside the parks. And so, and then the other thing is, like we said, is uh, in many episodes before, but like if you're buying groceries, you can save a lot of money there for, you know, whatever kind of day to day snacks and drinks you need for yourself and your kids. And so yeah, take advantage of all those options um, because you know you're off site and so you might as well stay off site when you're eating. And what I like to do is often go to the parks in the morning and then leave right around lunchtime around 12 to 1230 when things are getting busy, then go get lunch outside of the parks, go back to my off-site property for a nap, and then come back to the parks for dinner. Or, you know, you can stay in the parks for lunch then go back and then have dinner off-site and then go back to the parks or something like that. But, you know, mixing it up like that can save you a lot of money in the long run. Definitely. All right. So what do you have for us next?
1: All right. So an important tip for off-site hotel guests is to, when you're trying to get into the parks is to make sure that you get there for rope drop. And- there's a little bit of strategy to involved in this. If, you know, if you're offsite, you're not getting extra magic hour in the morning and the parks that have extra magic hour are going to be filled. So by the time you're getting there as an offsite guest, you know, the lines have already built and you know, you're, you're at a disadvantage, but not every park opens early every day. And you should absolutely be aiming for the parks that aren't opening early and getting there, and getting parked, and getting in line, and through security, and all of that good stuff, in time to make a rope drop. And that doesn't mean like arriving like a minute before the park officially opens. You got to be earlier than that. But this is a great way to beat the crowds. This is a great way to sort of make up for the disadvantage that you're in by not having the you know 60 day fast pass window and not having extra magic hours. There is still room to be in the in the system for offset guests to. Hack the lines, and yeah, the early board really does get the worm at Disney, and you know, offsite guests can take advantage of that as well.
0: Definitely, do not try to rope drop the park that had extra magic hours that morning. I think it is tougher to rope drop when you're offsite. Well, maybe not because you have to wait around for the buses anyway when you're on site. Um, but you know, you are going to have to wake up a little earlier, but then you can get back to your offsite property earlier and take a nap, um, or do what you need to do. I will, you should also though, remember that you're going to have to take into account the time it's going to take you to get from the parking lot to, um, the, you know, front of the line or back of the line as it is, uh, when you're rope dropping.
1: Yeah. And at some parks, that's not much. I mean, in Animal Kingdom, you just park and you kind of walk over. And so no big deal. But like Magic Kingdom, you're going to be parking at the TCC. Then you're going to be, you know, taking the monorail or a ferry or whatever around to Magic Kingdom. And the security lines there can be some of the longer ones. So definitely need more time for certain parks than than others for offsite guests. But for certain parks, I mean, gosh, it's just a breeze.
0: Yeah, And so, you know, definitely taking advantage of that. All right. So I think the last tip I would have for if you were an offsite guest is you really should have a solid understanding of the FastPass Plus refresh technique. So I know I'm the one who normally talks about this, Leslie. So why don't we see uh, what you've picked up? So how exactly can you use the FastPass Plus refresh technique to shorten your time waiting in line for rides since you won't have that 60 day window that uh the on-site guests had
1: oh uh, yes I'm, I'm under the microscope here so yes you need to be going into my disney experience and you need to be searching for fast pass availability it's like a pull-down refresh and uh seeing what's available throughout the day as you're in parks um in order of course in order to do this and we cover this in our advanced fast pass episode 39 Thank you. Thank you for the prompt. You need to be using up those, those first three fast passes of the day quickly so that you are then free for the rest of the day to be making additional fast pass reservations. So book your, even if you're going to be booking undesirable, more sort of more undesirable rides, like get your rides out of the way in the morning as an offsite guest. For sure. All right, Joe. Well, let's close it out with uh, our usual Disney do or don't. What do you have for us?
0: All right. So like you brought up the Magic Kingdom can be pretty annoying to get to because of the ticket and transportation center. So my Disney do is, do consider taking an Uber to the Contemporary, um, and from there you can just walk. So Uber will drop you off at the Contemporary, and uh, if you ask the Uber to take you to or Lyft to take you to the Magic Kingdom, they'll drop you off the Ticket Transportation Center. So you're stuck there anyway. Um, but you know, if you go straight to the Contemporary, then you can just walk over to the Magic Kingdom. And as a added benefit, the security line is going to be much shorter. It's just like kind of this one kiosk along the walkway, or you know, you go through um, the security as you take the monorail. Although I don't like taking the monorail from the Contemporary because you got to go all the way around. Another thing you can do is you can make a reservation for at the Wave for breakfast, and I've actually heard the food at the Wave has improved quite a bit. And so, if you make a reservation there, then uh, your car is entitled to park there, and especially if you're leaving at lunch, you know you don't need to worry about them kicking you out or anything like that. So, you know, you go to the Magic Kingdom uh, right after you eat breakfast, and then. Uh, you don't have to worry about dealing with a ticket and transportation center, which is like a really big deal if you're even, especially if you're taking your kids back for a nap. All right. Well, that about does it for our tips for offsite guests. If you have a great tip for how to enhance your vacation, if you're an offsite guest, we'd love to hear it. Contact us Disney at gmail.com at www deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page, Disney deciphered. As always, we will really appreciate it. If you leave us a positive review wherever you're listening to this podcast and if you're, and join the podcast, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash Deciphered or by clicking on the donate button on our page. I will We will talk to the rest of you next time. And Leslie, I will see you at the Ticket and Transportation Center. Thanks, Joe. Actually, I won't because I'll be going straight to the contemporary. Bye, Leslie. <laughs>